Hi, this is uh, Dan Martin with another installment of NextGen Waterfronts, which looks at development issues and ideas along our nation's coast. Uh, being from Chicago, I consider our fourth coast here, the Great Lakes, uh, to be as uh, much uh, of an important coast as I do the coast of, uh, oh, let's say the Atlantic, the Pacific, and the Gulf Coast. Um, today, uh, I have a, a special guest, um, and his name is Ray Lowenstown. Ray, uh, I've known Ray for a number of years. Ray is with the Aquatic Development Group, or ADG, up in Cohoes, New York, just outside of Albany, and they uh, design and build uh, water parks all over the country and uh, overseas as well. When I say the country, I really mean North America. Um, I, I, I did tell Ray earlier that the reason I wanted him to be on the show is my premise is that the substantial investment that we have on all of our coasts in beach and waterfront destinations and resorts um, will be adversely affected in the coming years by climate change. Uh, my sense is there still will be beaches, but with issues like you find in the Carolinas, a lot of red flag days that the undertow or uh, other reasons are, are pretty severe. Uh, the high cost of beach replenishment, um, storms and storm surges that can uh, do significant damage to beachfront assets. Uh, my sense is that there's going to need to be a new um, magnet attraction or asset at a lot of these uh, wonderful beachfront resorts. Doesn't mean the beach is going to go away. We're going to have great walks on the beach and you know campfires and things like that. Depending on if you're in Texas, I guess you can drive on the beach in uh, in your pickup. So. You know, with billions of investment, uh, you know, on on the beach and in, in great hotels, condos, and other forms, VRBOs, um, and still really awesome views and just the sound of of the ocean at night, I think there's a case to be made that we really need to um, take these existing assets and and equip them with a new uh, controlled water play area. Uh, which can consist of something like a water park on the land side of buildings. So it's not replacing the beach entirely, but it is replacing some of the activities, or at least the sense that you can um, engage in wonderful uh, uh, aquatic experiences while being at the beach. Um, and actually, it's not a new concept, as I'm going to ask Ray. There are plenty, I think I counted 40 at one time, plenty of water parks that are near or on the beach on the Atlantic and the Gulf Shores. I, I actually didn't survey the Pacific Coast. Um, well, anyhow, let's uh, let's go ahead. Uh, Ray, would you like to introduce yourself further? Thanks, Dan. Interesting topic. You've invited me to, and I look forward to discussing it. Worked at Aquatic Development Group for, I guess, about 10, or well, maybe 11 years, actually. And so during that time, I've had a role that evolved, but a lot of it is looking at resorts, resort water, water parks, and then design, helping and being in the design process of that. But so much of it comes down to the business case. You know, we, we know there's going to be pools and water features and slides, but looking at the business and what's driving the reason for the investment is a good part of what we do. And that's what you're talking about is what is the right way to invest your money where you are to get the most bang for your buck that will sustain itself. And these coastal resorts do have something to think about. Um, and I look forward to talking about it, but you know, overall everything in the aquatic side is, is going to be customized to the business 
and to what the owner's goals are, the brand, and who they hope to talk to. And that is evolving as we speak everywhere around the country, um, for sure. So we tend to lead with that discussion. Let's put the pools and the slides to the side for a minute. Just agree that you'll have something fun. Let's figure out the business, how we're using the land, what's the right mix, how, what's the right size, and, and so on. So that's our approach when we have clients sitting down and meeting. And, uh, you know, we've had a few of these oceanfront folks for sure. And I've never counted the number of water parks. Maybe I should. <laughs> but uh, you're right. There are a lot at the shore. And that's a different business model usually than the one that's um, not, not at the shore. And so they're not trying to do the same thing usually. And I think maybe that's a good place to start the conversation. What's, what's, the, what's the difference uh, between a water park that is at the shore and uh, and one that is not at the shore. The real estate is really more expensive at the shore, so they have to do a lot more in a smaller space usually. Yeah. Well, I think they're a little bit, their mindset design there is a little bit more like the indoor parks where you have such a premium on space. So you have to think a little differently with your layout and your decking. Um, you do know that most people aren't looking to spend the entire day at your water park when you're at the beach. Usually it's a half a day. So they have a lot of success in a half a day ticket, two or three hours. It's another thing you're doing, but there, there is certainly an appetite to not be in the, in the sand all day, um, dealing with uh, the tides, the jellyfish, the guy smoking next to you, so the more controlled environment will, is a good place to bring your kids, burn a few hours, because you know they won't stay eight hours at the beach. Some families will, and I admire them, but most families are, will, will move a little bit, right? So the beach is the anchor that brought them there. They love their balcony. They love to sit at the beach and listen to the water. And yeah, you can't replace that, but as an activity, there's a lot of negatives that are perceived to be at the beach. Sometimes I don't like sand. I don't like, uh, I'm scared of sharks. Even if they're not here, I think they might be out there. Um, I'm worried about the rip currents, all those things that add up to people's mindset when they turn on the news and before COVID, you know, they would, you would see things glorified about a shark attack. Actually, there's just one in, Northern California this week. Unfortunately, it was fatal. A surfer was killed by a shark. That made the news, right? So people are always fascinated. So we see a lot of that. And, you know, people are like, okay, I like the beach, but I don't necessarily want to go in the water. So what else can we do here? Dan, walk up and down to every beachfront resort and the pools are packed. Right? Well, so it's, and, and that shark, you know, he's been, he's been waiting out there on the beach for a long time too. So, uh, because there's, yes, he's waiting for them to open up. Again. Yeah, yeah. He's waiting for them. To, yeah. He's, he's hungry. He's, he's, he's going after the first one he sees the, um, no, it's not the way it is at all. Uh, I think, you know, generally, you know, shark attacks are, um, too much is made of them. Uh, it, it's, it's not as likely a thing, but it, it does, it does happen. Um, but I, I think you actually mentioned a couple of key points in there about a beachfront uh, water park um, that, that are definitely worth under, underscoring. Now, I, I live in Chicago, but I grew up just a, 
oh, I don't know, about a half mile from the beach in Boston. And uh, I, I remember hiking down to the beach in Boston and discovering the tide was out and I was bummed. Um, you know, that is the reality of, of a beach resort is that the uh, tide is out, um, you know, twice a day. Uh, and, uh, and you, you just don't, uh, you know, it's just not as much fun then, although it's fun if you can explore it. And if the tide's out and you're on an Oregon beach, there are some beautiful things to explore in those tidal pools. But more to your point too, the, the second point that I thought was really critical was that it's a lot like an indoor water park. And indoor water parks, what, are about uh, 60 to 100,000 square feet? Or, I mean, there are some outliers that are 200,000 square feet. But by yeah, large. But the majority of them are between, you know, 60 and 100 on average. You're right. So yeah. it's and, and those, just over an acre and, you know. It, whereas, a, whereas a full-fledged water park um, that you might uh, uh, see uh, inland is, I don't know, five, seven acres, uh, many times. Uh, yeah, even even double, triple that size, you know, 10, 12, 15 acres or more. So depending on how many guests you're trying to get. But a regional water park that's going to do 300,000 summer guests is probably in that 12 to 15 acre footprint, uh, depending on how it's designed where it is. So when you're when you're at the beach, you're trying to squeeze you're trying to squeeze the impact and the experience of a at least a, a lot of a full fledged water park um, into into a, a smaller package usually, unless you do something like what you guys were the designers of something called H two O B X uh, at the Outer Banks, and that's a little bit away from the beachfront, but uh, as as my memory serves me, that's a full fledged water park. Is that correct? Yeah, the have about 80 acres of land to work with there for other things to, to grow, but it is not on the beach. You actually, it's just before the bridge when you're coming from the north, and uh, it's a full on water park. I think phase one was about 12 acres worth. So it's uh, designed a little bit differently than your, say, your at home regional water park might be in terms of amenities, space, you know, the amount of space, number of cabanas, just try to make it a little bit more resort feel so it would appeal to a vacationer and uh, give them that service that they would want. Um, But it is a regular water park. It's got the size and scale of something that could do 300,000 plus visitors a year in a season. So, so that's kind of a hybrid between the uh, smaller ones that are right on the beach and the full-on ones that you have in a metro area, that one has that resort feel, but it has it offers more of an experience. Yeah, it has to because it's not on a boardwalk where people just walk by and see it on a Monday and come back on a Wednesday. You're gonna they're gonna see it when they drive in, but you're asking them to come back out off the island and, and set up shop for the day. And the premise being, there's a whole bunch of people who are probably related who are in a house together for a week. And at some point, a few of them might want to break off and do something different than go to the beach. Um, they're tired of Uncle Joe's stories and you know somebody wants a break, so let's go out to the water park. Um, I think the key there is to make them think it's not just like the one they could have gone at home. It's not, not going to be as crowded. going to cap, cap the number of people here. We've got more space. Our sidewalks are wider. Food's a little better. The furniture is nicer. And so those are some of the things they focused on when they were planning the park. Is, is, that, is that actually kind of part of the toolkit uh, for 
at least the larger water parks um, near the coast or at the coast where there's they're a bit more of a premium experience than um, depends on where it is. I mean, I think no. You, let's well, let's zoom to Myrtle Beach. Well, actually, sure. Jersey Shore. Jersey Shore, right? There's the Maurice Piers Parks right there. Oh yeah, they're they're right on the water, right on the boardwalk. You can walk right into the Midway, buy the French fries, and then buy a ticket and go to the water park. They're not trying to be a high end resort. They do a nice job. Their bathrooms are very clean. They do the right things, but they're not saying come here and you know, enjoy this um, premium, high-priced lounge chair um, by any stretch. It's it's a water park, and we want you to enjoy it. But they're not trying to say they're a high-end brand and talking to the person who's not coming to the park. Well, and it seems like it's kind of a different sales proposition too, from what you mentioned. Um, you know, in Maurice Pier, somebody appears, people might walk by a couple of times and say, all right, we got to check it out because beach vacations are often for a week. And so you, you know, you have to figure out how to fill every one of the days. Uh, whereas, whereas H2OBX, um, as I recall, at least in the initial planning for it, you guys were going to try to sell it when people were actually renting the condos. There were some 16,000 condos in, in the Outer Banks. And and that was actually a, almost like a pre-purchase that you would that you would do. Yeah, I think the the premise there with the development team was there was some involvement with a lot of the main uh, groups that own the rental homes. So as a uh, th- they could package water park tickets or pre-sell them to people on specific days, and eventually get to the point where they, they would know, hey, we're, we're going to be close to sold out on Tuesday, so. Uh, you know, they would have that visibility. And I think that's all part of a learning curve. There's a long history of people coming to a place like the Outer Banks year after year after year, generation, generation, and they have their habits. So you're, you are asking them to look at the area differently and start a new habit. So it takes some time, but they they were working that angle for sure. And uh, I think it was starting to make, they're making some headway, but now we've got, you know, COVID to factor in this year. So we'll see how all that goes. That's actually kind of an interesting beach destination too, because uh, I my my memory is that uh, that they actually do as well in terms of renting the condos in in a typical year, not this year. Um, they do as well in September as they as they do in in June. Um, that the season is kind of stretching out there uh, a little bit, but but it actually becomes harder to operate water parks. I think when you get into the fall months, because uh, most of your uh, most of your staff is going back to college or high school or something, I would guess. Yeah, it's a, it's a labor it's a thing, and there's not a huge demand for the park. We've heard little anecdotal things about, like, Cape Cod, Outer Banks. If you have kids who aren't in school yet, it's a great place to go and take a vacation. Um, but even some of the restaurants and the iconic ice cream shack that's been there for 50 years, some of those places have to start closing up too because they can't get the labor. So labor has been driving every industry, as you probably know, Oh yeah. whether it's water, water parks, ski resorts, just the hospitality industry is struggling for, to, to uh, find good labor and also to you know, balloon up seasonally with uh, a big labor force and then scale back down. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of the way a lot of, I think tourism towns have to, um, have to run that, uh, 
particularly ones that are seasonal ones that you fly to um, or drive long distances to that, you know, they're, they're biggest in the summer. And uh, you have to, I mean, the people in the restaurants are, are not going to be there to serve you, you know, come December likely. You know, it's everything closes down or, or, or you know, slides down to a lower level if, if even is available in, in the winter months. Well, yeah, that's, you know, you, to, just to put a tie bow around that, the, the big indoor destination parks, uh, the peak demand is when kids are not in school. It's a very simple, predictable statement. So they do have days of the week, weeks of the month that are very slow and low occupancy and the indoor water park side of things. So each one has to take a different approach. Kalahari is, as you know, all in on conferences. So that's how they look to fill their rooms. Um, Gaylord Soundwaves did it the other way. <laughs> they have a conference-based business. So how do they fill rooms when they're slower? They built a water park. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and and to 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 you know clue listeners in on 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 some of these projects, uh, Kalahari is opening its fourth indoor water park hotel uh, in the Austin, Texas area in Round Rock. Um, I think is it it's coming up soon, and in uh, and in that yeah, I think they're going to be open this this fall. Yeah, it's uh, September. I think I heard. And and most and the basic formula they have is about a two hundred thousand square foot indoor water park. And like Ray, like you're suggesting, it really is kind of a water park first, and then they you know, but they can only fill the the rooms up, if you will, for about two hundred days a year. And uh, by adding um, about a hundred thousand square foot indoor conference space and outdoor conference space too. Uh, at some locations, they can, you know, grab another uh, 100 days a year, and there's going to be some overlap. But the the fall and the spring are when the convention markets are strongest. And the fall is actually not so strong for indoor water park hotels because the kids are just back in school um, if it's a kid's market. And uh, the spring is where the conflict really happens. But it, but having both things, and I hadn't thought about it that way, but I can see exactly where, where you're going because Opryland, uh, not, well, Opryland uh, and the other Gaylord hotels, those really were meeting facilities first, and the water park, um, indoor water park elements or outdoor came later. Yeah, and and they they were seeing they were seeing that their slower times for group meetings was when kids were out of school, so. They, too, have opportunity to fill up when kids are out of school. There aren't as many conferences during the summer as there are during the fall. Um, weekends are not typically big for for large meetings, right? They usually happen. Right. So, so they're like, okay, we've got some capacity in our 2,000 rooms or whatever they have. So how could we increase our leisure business or destination travel? Um to us, even regionally, during those times. Well, it made sense to look at water because the kids are out of school, so they just kind of followed along, and it worked. It, it, on paper, it works out, right? Yeah. They've got room availability during those times, and that's when people can take their kids and go someplace. Well, and, and, and there there are some pretty, I mean, the water parks... Well, actually, if if you don't mind describing, describe the the new uh, Soundwaves water park at the 
um, at the at the one in, at the Opryland Hotel, the Gaylord Opryland in Nashville. And well, I, I don't yeah, sure. com- compare it to compare it to the one in um, the Gaylord Palm in Orlando. Well, first of all, you know Ryman, who is the the owner of, of those resorts, and Marriott is the operator now, but they've always been a very um, I guess risk taking group. They they think big and they're willing to put money into something, and they won't necessarily um, you know beat it to death on for two years. You know they'll they'll, they'll look at something, make a decision, they go forward. So they've never been afraid to take a little bit of a, a chance, and they started to do that with water over the years, and it's worked out very well for them. The each of the resorts is really its own campus that's self sustaining you can park there and then it's beautiful follows the same roadmap beautiful indoor atrium space massive multi-acre amazing vegetation all natural it's it's a destination into itself each one is themed around its region okay so the opryland is different from the palms which is more everglades which is different from the texan and so on you get the point the uh in Orlando, you know, they've had a great success with their outdoor pools, and that's not uncommon for those resorts in Florida, and, and they keep expanding on that. And they've added surf, you know, full rider surf simulator and drop slides, and they're, they're building, um, you know, big, they had a big play structure pool out there. And it's worked very well, so they keep investing. It's, it's done the same thing on a seasonal basis for them in Grapevine, Texas, at that one. But the Opryland was the first one where they really – looked at the indoor space and that is unlike anything you've ever seen in an indoor water park it's it's very modern upscale feel filled with natural light and uh, three floors of water park right so it's got all these levels that are integrated in a very architectural way um, has the classic water park things but it's also resort feeling so you you feel a little more upscale that, that's their brand. It's got a lot of vertical planter walls and, and natural vegetation. Um, so it, it really is a different feeling kind of place than you would normally see at a you know, standalone hotel water park. The American Shoreline Podcast Network and CoastalNewsToday.com are brought to you by LJA Engineering with 28 offices along the Gulf Coast. The folks at LJA Engineering are at the top of the craft in the areas of coastal restoration, coastal infrastructure, rivers and channels, numeric modeling, disaster recovery, and design and construction oversight. And now they have a brand new coastal resiliency department headed up by our very own Peter Ravella. Check them out at lja.com. We are also brought to you by Coastal Transplants. Coastal Transplants prides itself on offering specific environmental and horticultural expertise with practical first-hand knowledge of all aspects of coastal revegetation projects. Their high-quality native and wetland plants, extensive agricultural and horticultural experience, along with their skilled and respectful crews, make Coastal Transplants your one-stop solution for restoring coastal ecology of your barrier island community. Learn more at CoastalTransplants.com. And we are brought to you by the Dune Science Group. Did you know that fiberglass is one of the strongest and most durable building materials in the world? That it is resistant to deterioration caused by UV light and salt water? Well, the Dune Science Group does. They offer a full slate of solutions for dune walkovers and boardwalks that are made of fiberglass and built to last. 
They can handle your dune walkover project from beginning to end, including permitting, design, and construction of the strongest and most durable dune walkover on the market. Learn more at the dunesciencegroup.com. And, and, and it really, yeah, really, uh, you know, I, I have, I, I have to admit, I haven't been there yet, but, um, but I've really been struck by how it's a place that, that if you're at that Opryland, uh, Gaylord App, Opryland Hotel for a convention, um, you, f- you don't feel like you're going into a kid zone when you're there. It's classy enough for mom, but it's also, uh, it's also, the kids aren't turned off by it either. So it seems to work both ways. And I think it's indoors and outdoors. It is. There's a three acre substantial outdoor space uh, anchored by a really nice, just about 22,000 square foot wave pool that has a really interesting furniture, all sorts of lighting effects, a massive LED TV screen on the backdrop where they play uh, no surprise, you know, live music or m- music, and that's used for their corporate events where the CEO may give a talk, and, you know, to the, the employees out on the pool deck enjoying a function. And then there's both indoor and outdoor, Dan, each have their own adult-only pool. So they've given you places to go as an adult if you don't want to be, you know, in the in the mix of the water park. But the funny thing is, from what I've seen, is that the wave pool beach area is where all the adults want to be. It's, <laughs> uh, they got really cool furniture, the music's going, the sound of the waves is very good, and it's just a lot of fun. So, so far, the pictures I've seen suggest that even the adults want to be in the water park area. It's just a nice space, right? And, and actually, that sort of brings us back to back to the whole, you know, beachfront or or waterfront, you know, premise of of our conversation is is the you know the beach as as a place where you can play anytime that you're in a resort or in a destination resort uh, area, um, you know, is 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 preferable. But but if things are gonna change then it almost seems like you're creating something in that case that is like a beach. Well, a good, a good wave pool will do that. You know, the, it's partially designed. It's partially this, do the waves sound like they're real with the way they're crashing in? It's a little bit of it. And, um, and I, I, I think that's a, a nuanced but important thing. Um, what's the furniture? What's the landscape plan? Uh, what's the backdrop? So, depending on your brand, that's going to be executed differently. Gaylord is a more upscale resort feel. But when you look at a wave pool, you look at someone at the beach, they're the same thing. People set up camp. They grab their furniture. They drop their stuff. They post up for the day. And that's where they headquarter their day. If I'm at the beach, my kids run into the waves. They walk over there and play volleyball. They build a sand castle or dig a hole 10 feet over there but they're all within home base. Same would be true at the water park. I've got a spa, maybe I bought a cabana, or I've got a nice lounge chair set up underneath some shade, but we're going to go over to the water slides or we'll go to that other pool or we'll just go over to the bar and hang out and you know have fun. The difference in a resort is if I have a child a certain age and they say, I want to go back in and play some video games, in the, in the family entertainment center that's tied to the water park, 
you might feel okay letting them do that. I wouldn't let my kids go to the boardwalk by themselves uh, until they're older than they are now. But at this age, I might let them go into the FEC alone, you know, depending on how comfortable I was with it. So it, there's a lot of that going on too. You know, where do you feel comfortable with your child going? And um, that's important to make you feel good about your space, which makes you want to stay longer, maybe come back again, because I never felt like I had to be everywhere with my kid. That's not a vacation. <laughs> now, 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 this, now I, actually, you've, you've got me thinking too about um, last uh, uh, last uh, fall um, after a conference that uh, that that I tend to see you at every year. Uh, my family joined me, and we spent a few days at the yacht, at Disney Yacht Club um, Beach Resort, and uh, and that's kind of in some ways a little bit like the prototype I'm talking about here, where it has the backdrop of a lake, uh, but it is its own sort of pool. But what's different or pool complex. But what's different there is is that at least some of the pools there have a sand base in them. So they actually, you know, kids can do the whole sandcastle thing to some extent. And uh, and and I guess at certain times of the day, Disney facilitates that uh, with somebody who can show you some awesome uh, some awesome approaches to, to doing a sandcastle. Is it, 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 you know is that is that a sort of a accoutrement that you could see in a resort pool, but not likely in a metropolitan um, water park? You know where where they would actually have something that make you feel like you're there at the at the beach, even if you're not on the beach, like the waves. Although I'm sure it's pretty expensive to do that. Well, it's all about ROI. So uh, you kind of get what you pay for in certain things. You can build a flat water pool and have a ribbon of deck and some lounge chairs and hope for the best. Or you can build a place that is got staying power and is a draw and, and drives the room. So I think things like sand, you know, uh, uh, usually those are nice in theory, but from an operational standpoint, they never are anyone's favorite. Comes a cat. All the animals seem to find it at night. And you end up spending more time cleaning it. But to your point, to your point, you know, setting up special events to program around is on a weekend, a special weekend, Fourth of July, whatever you're trying to do to drive traffic. It does give you that backdrop to to think about those things. Well, you mentioned special events. I hadn't even thought of how it appears with the big uh, screen and such. That um, that the the uh, Gaylord in Nashville is is using a big screen to essentially, you know, make the make the uh, indoor and outdoor water park areas an extension of their event spaces for events that are taking place. Absolutely. When we have a meeting with the resort talking about water, some the person we have a group of people we want at the table, and it definitely is the person in charge of conferences and and can talk about groups and buyouts and what those needs might look like because a pool area is, as you know, a popular place for an event. And, and ultimately the business goal for most resorts is I got a group here and they usually do one big event here, but they'll often leave and go off campus. I would love to be able to have a venue where I can grab some of that second event stuff or that breakout for the subgroup. The sales guys are all going to do something and they're going to ride the surf machine together. And I can sell that. So, we, we like to understand what are those needs? How big are those groups? What kind of, you know, what kind of infrastructure do we need to plan for? Where are you going to set it up? How, you know, where's it coming from? Where are the chair? So we, 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 we get all that out on the table in the programming uh, portion of the discussion to understand how the entire business could use the water area. 
Yeah, you just touched on something interesting too, and that is the whole scaling of of capacity for the rides, but also for the uh, uh, for the you know a wave pool, but also for spaces. Like you've got to have deck areas where you can stage events, and they have to be uh, a size to accommodate. So there's really a lot more thought, I think, that goes into designing. Um, something, particularly something with swing spaces that, you know, one time of the day are just, you know, kids running in bathing suits. At another time, it's somebody um, uh, trying to look casual, uh, giving a talk um, to, uh, to the assemble. So it's it's really, there's really a lot of sort of, uh, now I, I, I had thought that um, the, uh, the particular one that we've touched on here, the uh, Gaylord Nashville Opryland Hotel with its indoor-outdoor water park that's uh, really well done, um, you know, I, I had wondered if a version of that might actually be adaptable to some of the northern coastal locations, uh, like, uh, like where I am on the Great Lakes or where I used to be in New England, um, because that might add uh, an additional season of activity uh, to some of the resorts that are on the water if they're large enough to support it, because I, I think you really got to have a certain room count to be able to, to support the cost of an indoor water park. But, but if you, but if you were to do an indoor water park at a resort, a hypothetical one, let's say on Cape Cod, uh, which you mentioned or Narragansett Bay, uh, or up North, uh, in, in Maine or Massachusetts coast, uh, it, it, it might be an interesting thing to think about doing an indoor water park that's on the water, uh, because that could be an event space for you and start to give you a place that, you know, fills rooms in the fall uh, when it gets a little cooler and still f- fills rooms in the spring, uh, especially with business. Um, the way you're describing how the uh, the uh, Opryland Hotel, uh, Gaylord Opryland, uses its water park space, at least. So there's kind of an interesting possibility there. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's extremely valid and in- it's not even limited to the Northeast. Um, it seems to be every year that more and more, wherever you live, less of the year is inhabitable outside. It's too hot and sunny in the summer in Texas. You can't believe how hot it is. People would rather be inside than outside. Really? Yeah. Okay. So why are we building all these resort pools outside? Should we consider covering them or making them more indoor-outdoor? Huh, maybe. Now we can use this. Now I've weatherproofed the experience. Maybe I could use some of this asset year-round that I've sunk a lot of money into, and I've redefined the aquatic space. So same story up north, right? It's too cold. (laughs) Best weather's in September. Can we use this in September? No, pools are closed. Sorry. Why? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but it's kind of shifting. So your point well taken, Dan, is that thinking outside the box, while it would cost more to create a venue that might be indoors or partially indoors, you might be able to use it and leverage it across your entire 365 days of the year. Now, that's more compelling than a 90-day ROI. Well, and, and, to your, and to your point, yeah, a 90-day being a reference to the typical season for an outdoor water park or water attraction. Um, one one of the things you you also talked in there that was kind of interesting was uh, just the weather in general, and and that is that uh, I remember when uh, Great Wolf Lodge built its first indoor water park, 
uh, at uh, in Grapevine, Texas, and you know, subsequently they built them in Arizona and other uh, Southern California and uh, other uh, Southern states. Uh, and and the reason is is that no matter what it is outside, you know, it, it, take the one in Phoenix, could be 120 outside, but inside their indoor water park is 65 all year round. So it's it's just a it's just 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 the right temperature to be in the water. Actually, that may not be sixty five, but whatever it is, I'm sure they've got to it's figure. It's usually eighty four. Is it what? Is it air, air Yeah, believe it or not, it's around eighty four degrees. Wow. And, okay. Matt and people who go tour these places who aren't bathing suits think it's hot because they're in pants. It's if your temperature is perceived by the bather, and when you're a little when you're wet. And, and the air temperature is a little bit lower than the water, it feels freezing, even though it's 80, 79 degrees. You came out of the pool, it's 82 to 84. Now you're out standing out there, there's a little breeze, the air handlers are going. Um, you, realize, you realize that it, it gets cold quickly and to someone who's wet. So the air temperatures are pretty similar to water temperatures for the most part. It, it feels uncomfortable for sure when you're walking around giving a tour of a water park like I'm down in khakis but um, <laughs> you know to the bather it's not too bad so they are usually a little warmer than you might think they are but it's because it's just perception right you get out of the water and you start, you're freezing people don't like to be cold so Ray uh, one of the projects I know you're working on is Silky Mountain and it's in the you know, family-friendly Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge area, um, and it is uh, it is way far away from the ocean, uh, but it has a lot of the similar demographics that I think a lot of beach destinations, uh, particularly Myrtle Beach and um, and Virginia Beach, and even some of the uh, Jersey Shore destinations. It has a lot of similarity to those places in the demographics. What, what can you tell me about the Soaky Mountain water park that's going into, and I think, I think it's just Sevierville, if, if I'm yes, so, yes, Yes, Dan, it's a, it is an exciting project. We are actively looking to wrap that up here this month and hopefully um, it'll be safe and, and we'll get the green light to open um, sometime in June based on you know, how COVID goes. But as, as the park goes, it is um, really a, a large undertaking. It's built on the side of a mountain. So it's a piece of land that's nice location across from an existing wilderness resorts, uh, which is a convention center hotel with a water park. But this is a traditional seasonal outdoor play meant for season pass holders, day visitors uh, who, who are in the area. And, and they want you to come and spend the day there. And it's certainly built with enough scale. They didn't, they didn't skimp on attractions. Uh, there are some iconic, unique slides that you're going to see. There's a wonderful hill, hillside filled with water coasters and you know all sorts of the latest in slide technology. But you work your way down from the top, you see down to the bottom. There's almost a 100-foot drop in grade, but you work your way through the park and eat, there's different areas and there's color-coordinated seating and furniture and cabanas with the branded areas for kids and adult pool and the flow rider multiple bars food trucks parked around you know uh, double wibbit obstacle course pools wave pool that makes a six foot wave these are the kinds of iconic elements that are really there's multiple ones here so they've tried to make 
don't know if the word category killer is the right term, but certainly say, hey, you're going to have a wild adventure when you come here. But we've got so much shade, so much good food that you're going to want to stay here and enjoy it in the way that makes sense for you. And your- so that that really that really makes sense for our, our resort uh, household, too. You know, when they're coming to a place and they they want to have it a notch above maybe what they might have back home. And it does sound like you're giving them not only the turf, you know, with uh, the being right there in the center of the Great Smoky Mountains, but also kind of a surf and turf package, uh, particularly with six foot waves that I don't remember getting in Boston ever. Uh, so, <laughs> Probably not. So, not, so I think not in the harbor. Yeah, not in the harbor. That's for sure. You know, God knows what I swam in, but I, I know it's cleaner today. Um, the <laughs> the uh, I hope so. Uh, the 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 contrast I was going to ask you to make uh, was to. Another one of one of your, your projects, and that is the uh, uh, the Anatole Hotel, Hilton Anatole Hotel, used to be the Lowe's uh, in in uh, in Dallas. Uh, it's right next to downtown, not in downtown, but right next to it, and it has I think over two thousand rooms. It's kind of a huge, majestic structure. It is a massive, yeah. Hotel, but yes. but the water park there is is unlike any. Um, unlike any I've ever seen. And, and it's very classy, very high end. Uh, maybe you can tell us a couple of things about it. Sure. No, just the name Jade waters, I think sort of sets the tone for the brand. And if you know anything about the Anatole, uh, the fact that it is not just a world renowned business convention hotel, but also is legitimately a museum with an international art collection. That's in some cases unparalleled tells you a little bit about the space. So creating a water experience wasn't going to be just bolt on, you know, X, Y, and Z features and call today. It had to go another level in placemaking, in finishes, in just in how it was executed in the guest experience. So it's about three acres. It has core elements that you would consider for a sort of resort water park. There's a lazy river, um, but this lazy river has authentic art and sculptures around it and architectural Zen bridges and, you know, things of that nature and, and carefully cultivated landscape where we worked around oak trees that were there and rightfully so to, to keep that element of this part of the um, resort intact. and. The fence that is around it is high-end custom fencing, and it looks great. So it all played out really well. There's cabanas. There's some water slides. There's a really cool swim-up, walk-up bar, so you can go have a drink with someone who's in the pool while you're on the deck. And so it has really exceeded their expectations for revenue. It actually led to group business they weren't expecting, we were told. And um, it, it's done very well, and it's it's who they are, right? So it speaks to their brand. They weren't trying to be something else, so they did tone it down a little bit on some of the options they could have had um, by choice. Yeah, it 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 you know it it kind of I think the the tale of two water parks of Soaky Mountain and uh, and Jade Jade Garden. What is that? What it's called? Uh, Jade, Jade Waters. Jade Waters. Yeah. Jade Waters. Um, at the Anatole in, in Dallas, uh, plus the uh, the ones we already discussed, really sort of, I think, illustrate that 
a water park is not necessarily what you think it is. It is. It can be many things because it's all man-made, and you're putting together the pieces in a way that will, uh, I think, as you mentioned at the outset of our conversation, can target, you know, a certain market and serve the population in a way that has the level of service, the food, the environment uh, that fits that resort or that beach community. And I think in the future, um, we may want to look at putting more aquatic attractions where we have these billions of dollars of investment already in hospitality. Yeah. And, and the, the I, beach I, will still be there, yes. but, it won't be, but it won't be the core of it. And it almost sounds like you can do a lot more particularly with Jade Garden, the one at the, um, at the uh, Nashville Opryland, um, and, thing, and Soaky Mountain. You can, do, you can do something that's much more finely tuned to your destination market or to your destination resort. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It all, all comes down to your brand, what you want to be. I mean, the level of furniture at Jade Waters is really nice. Um, but so is the furniture at Soki. It's an upgrade over what you would find at your traditional regional water park. And that was the owners wanted that. So uh, we helped them with that. But the point is that you, everything comes down to execution for your brand. We are seeing more upscale resorts like Anatole build water park style attractions with big, colorful slide towers that kids love to see and sells rooms. But they're not claiming to be Great Wolf or Kalahari. They're claiming to be the JW or the Hilton or the Gaylord. And we too have a lot of fun things and you should come here because there are folks who'd rather go to that level of hotel than uh, you know some of the other options. So it's, it's just more choice for the market. Well, and a lot of the parents might have, like I'm a Hilton person, might be a Marriott person or a Hilton person or IHG. So uh, it's great when you can burn off your points at a place that your kids, if you have them, or where your your spouse or mate uh, would want to come with you to check something out. Absolutely, it's all it's, it's all it's all there for the taking, Dan. And uh, I think you're on the right track. Uh, coast is a great place, but there's some risk. So uh, let's build some water parks. Well, um, I've been talking with Ray Lowenstein. Ray is with the Aquatic Development Group (ADG). Uh, which is headquartered in Cohoes, New York, uh, C-O-H-O-E-S, which is uh, in upstate New York, and uh, he has worked on water parks all over the U.S. and, um, and overseas as well. Uh, and, uh, and I believe your firm is, is a design-build firm, is that right? Um, yes, yeah, so we are a design-build and manufacturer. And manufacturer, that's what I was missing there, yeah. And I have yep, been doing it for a long time. What's what's the what's the what's the best way for someone to reach you who hears this and maybe wants to talk a little bit more about what water feature would work for their destination or resort? You can always reach out to us through our website aquaticgroup.com. There's uh, options to fill out a form. It's very easy, user friendly. Aquaticgroup.com is the best way to get hold of us. And if you're looking for me, just uh, make a note and I'll find it. Sounds great. All right, this has been Next Gen Waterfronts. Dan Martin signing off. Thank you very much for listening today. I uh, hope you uh, hope you learned some and enjoyed it. Take care.